0: a conversation that I didn't realize was even uh, a thing until I had family visiting over the holidays. Mm -hmm. Uh, My sister-in-law is a pharmacist and she was sort of pseudo working while they were visiting. And she said, I have to take a course that allows me to have more prescriptive powers. Hmm. So taking this online course to make sure that you are equipped to, uh, to, to dole out medication to relatively simple in nature things like uh, urinary tract infections for example this is something that's happening across the country is this something that's going to create some more efficiency or is this a sign of significant doctor shortages is this a good thing or not we're going to get into it right now with our next guest who's the ceo of the alberta pharmacists association margaret wing is joining the show margaret good morning thanks so much for being on with us
1: Good morning, thank you for having me.
2: Yeah, there's two ways to look at it, I guess. It's it's opportunity and responsibilities and a confidence in pharmacists, but it's also an awful lot more responsibility, I would think, as well. And perhaps it puts too much of an onus on pharmacists. Where do you land on this?
1: Well, I think it's a fun conversation, too, and it's a little surprising that it's coming up now because this is not new for pharmacists. In Alberta, we have been prescribing, doing injections, uh, doing all the prescription renewals since 2007. So really, for the last 15 years in Alberta, this has been the normal state of affairs. Um, I think what we're seeing now, though, is the rest of the country finally catching up mm. to us.
2: Is that all pharmacists, mm-hmm. or did it have to be specific pharmacists that, in Alberta no. who have that ability?
1: Yeah, it's all pharmacists in our province. We're on a clinical register, which does um, give us this authority. And really, I think we've just seen, yes, uh, the need come from patient need. It's an access thing. You know, We're in a province, a lot of rural pharmacies. There has been this ongoing physician shortage for a number of years, certainly predating COVID. And so it has been a need that um, Albertans have been having met by their pharmacists for many years and I guess it's just not new for us so it's fun we get to talk about it now. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd get to sort of champion what it is that you're actually able to do that people might not necessarily realize. I, I mentioned Margaret, my sister-in-law who was visiting over the holidays. Now she's from Ontario and this is something that now is is being introduced uh, introduced there. You mentioned that this is this has been ongoing here in Alberta for quite some time. but you know with the rollout of this happening in other parts of the country, does it signify a, a problem, a larger problem and an issue of doctor shortages nationwide?
1: I think that's what highlights it and I don't believe pharmacists have ever saw themselves in the role of wanting to ever replace physicians or backfill that need. But the reality of it is is that our certainly our education, our programs have have more than kept up with unmeeting many of the patient needs around medications and prescriptive authority. And Alberta, you know, huge shout out to our graduates from U of A. they doctorates in pharmacy now. Programs have advanced. Many things have advanced. Um, we just haven't seen necessarily our traditional models of, of care advance. And, you know, some of that is around, I'll say, the funding models, what has existed historically. So it is a bit of a catch-up, and sometimes that just has to be driven by the need of the patient.
2: Uh, obviously, there would have to be some balance here because, like you said, you're not there to try to replace doctors. Doctors have a very specific role within our healthcare system, uh, and in many ways, so do so do pharmacists. So, what kind of things can you or are you able to prescribe for right now? At what point do you go? Well, you know what? Maybe it's time. It's been a few years. We can't just keep refilling this prescription. You need to go back to a doctor. Uh, it's got to be. I would think that it's a it's a bit of a give and take, and a, and a uh, you know, a judgment call in a lot of cases.
1: Absolutely. And pharmacists have to go through a rigorous process to make sure they're doing patient assessments before they're doing um, prescription renewals, as you've described. But the reality is, you know, you do have patients that will be in front of you that, that require their medication, and there just is not the access to be able to contact another healthcare practitioner to do that patient assessment. So right now, we see in our province, you know, there's two million prescriptions being written by pharmacists annually. We a, another big area where pharmacists have stepped up in our province is they've done over four million public health vaccinations in the last year alone. I mean, those are incredible numbers when you look at the small percentage of pharmacists that that are that are in our care system right now that are really. Meeting those demands that are just there, and I think there's lots of patients to go around and lots of need that's out there, and you know nobody, nobody's looking for more work to do right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> everybody's at their max. Uh, but yeah, actually, absolutely. You know, no different than any other um, healthcare practitioner. You're obligated to work within your skill set and knowledge limitations. And it's worked well in our province for the last 15 years. And I wish the other provinces um, tremendous success and and luck in moving this forward because we have so many educated um, healthcare practitioners out there that should be working to full scope.
0: I wonder, Margaret, in places in the country that are are rolling this out as a as a as a new project, what's been the reaction from doctors? Because for someone who's a GP, I mean, they can bill for service. So does this then take away some income that they can receive? Is there is there a backlash on that end?
1: Yeah, I think that's one of the challenges that all the different provinces face: is how are they funding healthcare and where do those dollars flow? Yeah. So. I do think it is a big part of the conversation that has to happen. You have to clearly have the correct healthcare care practitioner that has that education that can, you know, support that care process. But then you do have to have the funding dollars to back it up and support the practitioner in that space. And that's where I will say Alberta has clearly led the way and been at the forefront of this discussion and trying to break down some of those barriers that it has
2: Existed historically. Uh, it's a fascinating conversation, and I and I got a kick out of uh, how you got to laugh and say it's nice to be able to talk about something that's been in place for, for quite a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so I get a kick out of that. Uh, just quickly, what what ki- is it? Any kind of medication? Like what kinds of medications? Can you have, give me some examples about what you might prescribe for a pharmacist, or what you might get a renewal for? Like, can you can you just write renewal prescriptions, or are pharmacists in Alberta currently able to? prescribe specific medicine as well?
1: Yeah, they can initiate therapy. It's really around the pharmacist's skill set limitation and the patient need. So, for example, we have um, doctorates of pharmacy working in hospital settings that are prescribing cardiovascular care. We have many pharmacists in community that are the primary prescribers around insulin management, diabetes care. So it really just will depend on balancing those two needs. What is the need of the patient and also what is the limitation of the pharmacist's ability to prescribe within that area and that would be no different than a physician, right? You would have physicians specialize in one area of care versus another and be able to prescribe more around um, general medications.
0: Margaret, on a a different note, I'm curious if you can give us an update on uh, pediatric medication. There's been such a huge shortage. I know there are some pharmacies uh, that are carrying a a small amount of supply. A lot of pharmacies will allow a parent to purchase one bottle and it's behind the counter. You have to ask for it. Uh, Where do we stand right now on uh, on stock and, and supply in that area?
1: So we're still um, finding demand far outstripping our supply. We are getting we are getting small amounts of supply come in very sporadically. It's hard to predict. Um, but we have had pharmacists in the province also doing small batch compounding and um, being able to make some product. So really, if you're a patient or a parent in need of it, I would say check with your pharmacist. A lot of it. The bulk of it now is being kept in the dispensary just so that they can make sure that there's proper patient assessment so the right individuals are you know, able to access it. Um, we're waiting on more supply to come. There's such a large global demand right now for it that that's one of the challenges. And the other challenge is we have to make sure that we can um, have Health Canada well, check oh, off so all the, one the, behind the, behind the policy um, requirements so oh, that the product
2: so can come into in the area. Okay, uh, Margaret, thank you. Thank you. Uh, by the way, just really quickly before we let you go, is is there some kind of a network where you can check with your pharmacist and find out where you can get that medication?
1: Uh, Sorry, you cut out a bit there, but I think th- that you're asking where can you find it. I would say check with your pharmacist. Your pharmacist should be able to get it for you and or help you find where you can get something.
2: Perfect. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Margaret Wing, good talking with you today.